Hello, camp counselors, campers, and anybody who knows that the best way to solve a problem is to have a dance party. I'm Maddie Hammond, and you're listening to Camp Stories. July 14th, 2019. Even though I was kind of a fifth wheel at Liam's house today, it was a great day off. Not that Dave and November have become a couple yet, or that Callie and Liam are actually romantically interested in each other at all, but I felt like I was doing my own thing today. It was relaxing. We spent most of the day driving around the lake on Liam's family's speedboat. I lounged in the front, bow if you want to be technical. I know boat stuff now. With my legs stretched out and my sunglasses on, I enjoyed the spray of lake water every time we hit a wave. I was totally spaced out, daydreaming of everything and nothing in particular. I stayed up pretty late texting with Jonas about all sorts of stuff, so I couldn't shake him from my mind. We did a little tubing, a little wakeboarding, and a lot of relaxing. Even though I was totally lost in my own fantasies, I noticed that Dave in November really hit it off. I'm proud of him. I know that most of his nervous energy came from her being older, that at one point she was a staff member while he was still a camper. It's an interesting dynamic that I can't pretend to totally understand, but I can empathize with. I really hyped him up last week by reminding him that we're all on the same level now, and I think that mindset gave him the courage to be more bold. November and Dave hung out at the back of the boat all day together and didn't leave much space on the white leather bench seat between them. I didn't see him actually make any moves, but they seemed very into each other and ended up leaving Liam's house before the rest of us to go test out the new vegan place I recommended he take her to. I'm excited to hear more about it when I get a chance to talk to him one-on-one. I noticed an electric kind of chemistry between Liam and Callie last night, and it was even more apparent today. They sat closer to me, with Liam driving the boat all day and Callie sticking by his side, co-pilot style. I noticed in the past that Callie and Liam both have relatively flirty personalities and dirty senses of humor, but when they're together, they're on fire, in the best way, almost like they've each met their match. That being said, Callie swears they're just friends, Which is crazy to me because I'd never talk to one of my guy friends the way she talks to him. She'll literally put her hand around his bicep and command him to flex. And he always does, usually accompanied by a wink or a flirty comment. It's nuts. I feel like they're made for each other. Maybe I'm just being wistfully romantic because I have a new crush. I like the idea of my friends having quality love interests in their own stories. Late in the afternoon, it started raining. It looks like it's going to be a rainy week, which will be very relaxing. Callie, Liam, and I got back to camp during dinner, right before the drizzle turned into a downpour. Instead of trying to organize indoor games, Benny dismissed us all back to our cabins to hang out and keep ourselves entertained. I have to say, 12-year-olds are very good at keeping themselves entertained. The girls this session weren't into our boy band CD collection, 
So we put on Carly Rae Jepsen's new CD and had a dance party. After the kids went to bed, I went to the lodge to use the computers in the staff lounge and get paperwork done before school. The lounge was empty except for two other people, Lucas and Becca. I've tried to keep her name out of my journal because I don't want to waste my time and energy on her, but here we are. Not that any of this is her fault. If I blame anyone, it's Lucas, but she has been a bit nasty to me since I caught them hooking up at the 4th of July party. They got all awkward and uncomfortable when I said hi and left as soon as I got settled at one of the computers. The whole situation left me feeling melancholy and lonely, but I got all my work done. Now I'm back in Sycamore, brainstorming my fireside chat for the senior campers. Given how strange I feel right now after the whole Lucas-Becca run-in, I'm inspired to write about treating others with respect. That almost seems passive-aggressive. I don't know. I'm just happy that between my cabin staff, November, and Dave, I have a solid group of people around me to keep me sane. July 15th, 2019. Between the great day off and the weirdness of last night, it felt good to get back into the weekday program routine. I was assigned skiing for the full morning, and it was my first time getting to talk to Jonas since staying up late texting with him on Saturday night. It was his turn to drive the boat for the skiers, and he brought me with him as his spotter. I kept my eyes on the kids in the water, like the responsible counselor that I am. That being said, I couldn't help but notice that he kept glancing over and checking me out while he drove. Not for long periods of time. He's also a responsible counselor and takes his job seriously. But he took enough quick little looks that I saw it in my peripheral vision. I'm trying to play it cool with him while I sort through my feelings. I'm 100% sure that I'm into him, but I don't want him to just be a rebound. He's too wonderful for that. He's so kind and strong and talented and so handsome. He kept doing that sexy thing where he absentmindedly runs his fingers through his hair and his muscles flex. It makes me weak in the knees, so it's a good thing I was already sitting. The kids this session are really good at skiing and wakeboarding, so my job as a spotter was easy. All I really had to do was to communicate to Jonas if the kids wanted him to speed up or slow down. Overall, it was a good morning. I couldn't get my mind to quiet down at rest hour, so I took my folding chair out to the sycamore porch and did some writing in a composition book I picked up a few weeks ago. Journaling every day this summer has been really therapeutic for me, but it felt good to sit and write pure fiction. I think after this summer, I'm going to write a short story about working at a summer camp. I jotted down some character ideas to explore later, as well as a detailed description of girls' camp and everything I could see, hear, and smell from the sycamore porch. It was a simple exercise, but it calmed me down.
The afternoon was quiet and cloudy. I worked at canoeing, but not many kids signed up for it in the afternoon this session. I ended up just sitting on the ground outside the boathouse with November, weaving matching hemp anklets. I wanted to ask her about Dave, but didn't. She didn't bring him up, and I don't want to be too nosy. It started raining toward the end of our third program period, so Benny called over the radio that our evening activity would be lip sync. It was nice having some time to prepare before dinner. Our girls this session are very talented and skilled performers, but don't have the sense of humor and silliness that the session one girls had. Luckily, Alexa's suggestion to put together a routine to the newly released version of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy with Justin Bieber was well-received. Instead of one dance in unison, the girls really wanted to do a series of vignettes showing off their skills. I think the click, aka the HSS, may have convinced the rest of the girls in the cabin that this was the best idea. It seemed exactly like their type of peer pressure, and a way for them to exclude the other Sycamore girls while showing off their tumbling skills from their cheer team back home. It ended up working out all right, so we didn't fight them on it. The only girls who actually looked excluded were the twins, Anna and Shannon. They're nerds at home, not dancers. Callie, being the creative problem solver that she is, quickly made up a routine for them that was essentially a kid version of the mirror dance from Magic Mike XXL. It was simple and brilliant, and perfect for identical twins. When we performed for the whole camp, they got the most applause out of any of the girls. I noticed that the clicky girls were not happy about that. I also noticed that Jonas clapped very enthusiastically for all of our girls. I caught his eye from across the lodge after their performance, and he winked at me. How is he so cool? I can't help but predict that I'll be thinking about him as I fall asleep tonight. July 16th, 2019. The rain from yesterday continued all night, so camp was wet and muddy all day. I worked at three different programs today. It's been a while since I had this much variety in a single day. I started the day at swimming, back at my trusty spot at the buddy board. Once all the campers got checked into the swim zone, I spaced out a little bit. Bert came by to visit and totally called me out for not paying attention to what was going on around me. Overall, Bert has been pretty cool with me recently, probably because he realized that I'm competent and can handle pretty much any water program position that I have to fill. I'd also bet that he's on his best behavior since he and Jess are still hooking up and we're friends. She thinks nobody notices, but I know she secretly spends most nights with him in his on-camp apartment. I've seen her sneak back into Sycamore about 20 minutes before our alarms go off almost every time that I've woken up early. More power to her, because I think I'm the only one who knows what she's up to. A few weeks ago, Bert took me sailing and lectured me on the importance of maintaining my good reputation here at Harwood. 
Today, he gave me another reputation management lecture, letting me know that Becca is talking shit about me to anyone who will listen, including himself. He told her to mind her own business and focus on her own life, but I guess she's going around telling people that she beat me to get Lucas and that I am being very immature about this whole situation. So I'm going to vent for a minute. For starters, boys aren't prizes. Winning their affection isn't a contest, and being the first to sleep with someone doesn't make you the champion. Sure, I spent a few weeks of my life putting time and energy into my relationship with Lucas, and I'm not very happy that things didn't work out. That being said, there is more to my life than him. So I'm bummed, and for a few days I was heartbroken, but now I'm back on track and focusing on things that make me happy. So it is absolutely insane to me that this girl who I was once friendly with but haven't really ever been close with, has decided to gossip about me to everyone. Does she honestly think that'll make her more popular? It seems pathetic to me. Okay, rant over. I just hope this whole thing blows over. I don't think it'll negatively impact my reputation. I'm definitely more well-liked than her. I just want to do my own thing and focus on myself without other people feeling the need to be nasty. And as annoyed as I was by this news from Bert, I'm very thankful that he told me what's going on. I know he's looking out for me. He gave me some solid advice. Keep working hard and let her dig her own grave with all her nonsense. And that's exactly what I plan to do. I was still a little irritated when I got to second period sailing, so Callie and I took a boat out together. I filled her in on what Bert told me. I won't be talking about it to anyone else, but I respect Callie and her guidance so much that I wanted her insight. She reassured me that Bert's advice was sound. Stay in my own lane. I wanted to talk about something more fun, so I candidly asked her about Liam. Does she like him? Does she see him in a romantic way? She laughed and agreed that their chemistry is great, but she tries to stay away from boys at camp. To her, there's more drama involved than it's worth. I definitely understand. My brain was still running at a million miles a minute through lunch and rest hour, so I was happy to find that my afternoon would be spent doing a midsummer cleanup of the skiing hut with Jonas. Not only was I happy to spend time with him, but it was nice to do physical labor. Cleaning and organizing always relaxes me. The ski hut is small, so Jonas and I were very close the whole time. Being so close to him calmed me down a lot. There's something so nice about being around him that I can't quite put into words. But it was nice. It was our third rainy night in a row, and I'm missing the usual pre-dinner nature hike. We did skit night for our evening activity, but our girls just wanted to spend time in the cabin practicing for Thursday's talent show. Our skits ended up being silly and short and 
objectively stupid, but Jess, Alexa, Callie, and I weren't about to make the girls put a ton of effort into something they didn't really care about. I hate that I'm going to bed thinking about how Becca's talking shit about me. I really don't want her to drain my energy. But here we are. July 17th, 2019. I pretty much spent the day saving my energy up for the nature overnight tonight. I was assigned to work at sailing all day and volunteered to be the land sitter, staying on the shore and listening to the radio. I wanted to spend some of that time writing, but just ended up aggressively practicing tying knots while I thought about the whole Lucas-Becca drama. You know how it's said that you should be careful where you put your energy? Well, law of attraction style, after a full day of thinking about Becca and her bullshit, I found out that she was working on the Nature Overnight team with me. The whole time I worked on building my survival hut, I could feel her eyes on me. I tried to appear cool, calm, and collected, but it felt like steam was coming out of my ears. I was so upset. I don't get what her problem is. But I stuck with Bert and Callie's advice. I kept to myself and hung out with the campers. I ignored her without making a big deal out of it to the best of my abilities. I think I did a pretty good job, too. Right now, I'm laying in my solo survival hut, thinking about how stupid and awkward this whole situation is. I don't want to confront her because that will satisfy her. I don't want to pretend I don't know what's going on, though, because I'm not an idiot and I don't want people to think I am. I've decided that my revenge will be to just keep being awesome and to keep being the hero in my own story and in the eyes of the campers. After all, we're here for them. July 18th. 2019. Today was unusual and fun. After waking up on the ground in the woods and gathering up all my belongings, I went to breakfast in the lodge with all the nature overnight campers. Halfway through my meal of waffles and fruit salad, Bert came and told me that instead of working at programs all day, I would be going into town with him to buy some water program supplies. I was surprised that he brought me instead of the senior water swing, Kyle, but as we drove the old blue pickup truck down the dirt road out of camp, he admitted that he finds Kyle personally funny, but professionally useless. I thought that was pretty funny. He also explained that he'll be bringing me along on other errands throughout the rest of the summer, as he wants me to shadow him and understand his responsibilities as water director. He thinks that one day, I would make a great water director, which is so flattering, but I don't know if I could spend six summers here the way he has. As wonderful as Harwood is, I want to accomplish more than work at a summer camp. I want to be a writer, not a camp director. I gently explained this to him and his response was, why not both? Which is actually pretty fair. So I've agreed to shadow him at least once per week for the rest of the summer. Between errands, we got lunch at Taco Bell in town. 
I didn't know Bert ate fast food. His body certainly doesn't show it. We have plenty of hot, muscular guys at Harwood, but Bert is the only one with an eight-pack. The guy's full of surprises. By the time we got back to camp and took supplies to each program area, it was almost time to go back to our cabins and get the kids ready for the talent show. Another night with no nature hike, but I know the Sycamore girls appreciated the extra prep time. Almost all of our Sycamore girls performed in the talent show, most in big groups of their fellow cabin mates. The HSS Click performed a modified version of a routine from their middle school dance team. One of them had even brought the track on a flash drive so we wouldn't have any technical difficulties. As annoying as they are, the six of them are very talented and skilled performers. Anna and Shannon, our nerdy little twins, sang a hilarious version of Stepsister's Lament from Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. They even did crazy hair and makeup to match the characters. Although they aren't dancers, their singing was great, and their over-the-top physical comedy made for a great performance. I filmed the whole thing and sent it to their mom. I knew as a camp alum she would be proud. Once the girls hit their final pose, the lodge erupted in applause. Jonas and his cabin, Mulberry, even stood on their table to holler and cheer. I know he probably encouraged them to do so. 13-year-old boys aren't usually that hyped about younger girls' theatrical performances. I appreciated their enthusiasm. So did Anna and Shannon, who were clearly very surprised at how well their performance was received. I don't think they know how awesome they actually are. If the day could have ended on that high note, I would have been so happy. Unfortunately, the little bullies had to be shitty again. I went to use the bathroom while the kids were getting ready for bed and overheard the HSS girls talking about how Anna and Shannon, quote, might as well be the ugly stepsisters. The other Sycamore staff and I had to pull them aside and let them know that this was their final warning and the only reason they weren't being sent home for bullying tonight is that none of the other campers overheard them. There's a weird parallel this week between my life and the kids' lives. Why is it that the girls who are just a little different and want to do their own thing get picked on the most? Just like I've never seen Anna and Shannon do anything wrong, I'm pretty sure I've never done anything wrong. At least, not in the whole Lucas-Becca drama. It just sucks. Jonas asked if I wanted to hang out after hours with him in the lodge basement, but between being tired and wanting to steer clear of Lucas and Becca, he understood why I wanted to go to bed early. We'll have plenty of time to hang out tomorrow, though, because we have the same night off this weekend. I'm going to ask him to hang out, and I have a really good feeling he'll say yes. July 19th, 2019. I spent both morning program periods at skiing, one on land helping the kids get their equipment on, and the second spotting for Jonas as he drove one of the boats. I asked him to come to Dave's house with us this weekend, and he said yes. We are now five weeks into camp, and this afternoon I finally worked at fishing for the first time. 
Kyle usually prefers it there, which is how I avoided it for so long. I didn't like it. It was slow and boring, and I had to touch a dead fish. I'm hoping I don't have to work there again for the rest of the summer. Once was enough. After a quick shower to get the dead fish smell off me, I piled into Dave's red SUV with him, Jonas, November, Alexa, and Alexa's current crush, Sarah. Sarah is in charge of the camp music program and is very kind. I think she likes Alexa too. On the drive to Dave's house, I thought about how three couples could be defined tonight. Technically, we're just six individual people, but we're also three potential couples. It's going to be a low-key night at Dave's house, but I think something is bound to happen to someone. Just like last time we went to Dave's house, his parents had food ready for us when we got there. They even bought vegan burgers and cheese for November and Sarah, which was very thoughtful. They asked why Lucas didn't come with us, and Dave explained that he had chosen to chase a girl rather than spend time with his best friend this weekend. Thankfully, they didn't ask for details. As the sun set, we gathered around a bonfire and drank whiskey cokes with Dave's parents before they headed to bed. It's funny how everyone's parents are cool with us drinking underage. I think it's a lake house thing. The sun set, giving way to a bright waning gibbous moon. As we sat there, buzzed and giggling, the sexual tension was palpable. Alexa was the first to break it, inviting Sarah to go skinny dipping. Sarah happily went along, and we could hear their laughter for a while before they started quietly kissing in the dark water. The remaining four of us wanted to give them some more privacy, so we extinguished the fire and went inside to fall asleep in the rec room. That's where I am now. The last time I slept here, I was curled up with Lucas. That seems like a million years ago, like I was a completely different person. Tonight, Jonas and I are both sleeping on the giant sectional couch. Not on top of each other or anything. There's plenty of space for us to spread out. But I can feel his eyes on me as I'm writing. That sounded creepier than I meant it to. It's just that I'm aware of how into me he is. Neither of us has made a move, but honestly, I'm enjoying the tension. Is that weird? July 20th, 2019. I didn't realize going into this summer that I'd be spending every weekend at a lake house. I love it. Everyone's families are so hospitable. This morning, Dave's mom made us coffee and fresh pressed green juice while his dad flipped pancakes on the stovetop. While we ate, Jonas sat down at the old, beat-up piano near the breakfast table. After lazily pressing down on a few keys, he began playing a melody that I immediately recognized, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. A few weeks ago, when we were first getting to know each other, I had mentioned that it's one of my all-time favorite songs. Without taking his fingers off the keys, he glanced over his shoulder and winked at me. I think, in that second, I felt love for the first time. Romantic love. 
The conversation continued around us, but it was like I couldn't hear it. I was hypnotized by the music, by his fingers dancing across the keys. The spell was broken when he played the last note, and Dave's dad shouted, Bohemian Rhapsody! Bohemian Rhapsody! To which Jonas happily obliged. We all dramatically sang along to the classic Queen song. Dave took November's hand and spun her around the kitchen. Alexa flung herself dramatically over the arm of the sofa. Sarah and Dave's mom dissolved into a fit of giggles as they held wooden spoons like microphones. I leapt across the kitchen, feeling free as a bird. I think breakfast today is one of my all-time favorite memories. We spent the rest of the morning on the lake and the afternoon relaxing in the yard. Although Jonas and I didn't hook up last night, I could tell the others did. I'll get more details later. When we got back to camp, Alexa and I got together with some of the other girls' camp staff to build an all-girl bonfire. The campers really enjoyed having a night of girl time, listening to music and weaving friendship bracelets in the light of the flames. Seeing Jonas in his element, playing music, really flipped a switch in my brain. I appreciate him on a new level. He is wonderful. Now, I just have to figure out what I'm going to do about it. Thanks for listening to Camp Stories. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for the next chapter in Liz's adventure.